Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Rob Olson. <laughs> and I'm Livia Snedden. Um, the, the, oh God, what do you, how do you say this word? The lethargy? Is that the right way to say lethargy? Sure. Yeah. yeah, the lethargy that you hear there is, uh, <laughs> is Rob, who is in pain and medicated and still bringing you this podcast. So if that's not, uh, that's not dedication. I don't. Uh, I don't know what is. Rob, you want to tell listeners what's given like the short version of what's going on? Um, I'm a goddamn hero. Oh, uh, what's wrong with my? What's wrong? What's, yes. what's wrong? <laughs> yes. Okay. What's wrong with you? I. Uh, I was having some tooth pain the other day, and um, uh, out of nowhere, so tooth pain for a few days, but then out of nowhere. Uh, my my jaw started swelling on the side of my face where the tooth pain was, and um, in the course of like six hours, my jaw swelled up like super super big. So I went to the emergency room the other night and got some drugs that I'm experiencing right now. And it turns out I have an abscess in one of my teeth, so I have to get some uh, work done for that. But I have to wait for the swelling to go down. So um, right now I'm drugged up and swollen. Yeah, that's um, that's rough. I, uh, I I've been through that, so I, I know where you're at, and I uh, I sympathize. Although you'll hear me chuckling because no matter if it's someone I love or not, you know, someone else's pain always makes me feel better. So sure. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about this. So you, what you're gonna hear is a year in review episode that's coming up shortly. But <laughs> I was thinking about this, and I was like, oh, you know, I could make some kind of. I was trying to think of what the word for mouth related is okay and i don't care what it is at this point because i was like oh maybe it's whatever verbally no that's when you're talking and and then i i thought to myself vocally but in my head because i speak very little bit of spanish the the spanish word for mouth is boca so it was like i was going to go into this whole thing about how it's you're vocally impaired and you would say no because i can talk just fine and i'd have to explain how it was Boca, which is Spanish, which is a Latin derivative, which really means that's what mouth like the, this whole thing, right? And then I was thinking about how you know some of uh, Romanian is actually kind of a Latin based language too. And then I started thinking in Romanian, and here's the interesting thing that came out of all of this: if I say your name in Romanian, it's different than when I say it in English, even if it's in my head. That's really weird. I roll the R in your mind. You in my mind, if I, I was thinking in Romanian, and I was thinking Rob's mouth hurts, and it's Rob. That's really weird. It's like a weird, like kind of short. It's almost like like rolling R A B, Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what that came. What came out of what was going to be a terrible joke about Mexicans and mouth whatever and Latin and, <laughs> and whatever turned into me being really confused by me calling you a different name basically in Romanian in my head yeah well I was thinking the other day because I was thinking about my mouth a lot um I was remembering back to the first time our friend of the podcast Jesse Lawrence visited uh Chicago we went out one night to the Haymarket brew pub Mm -hmm. and I was drinking a beer a three Floyds beer two Floyds beer (laughs) Um, called Arctic Panzer Wolf, and it was the first time I had it. And I put it on Instagram, and I said, "It's a crime how good this tastes. A mouth crime. A mouth crime. You so, may have a mouth crime going on in your. I think a mouth crime right was committed in my mouth. This is how drugged Rob is. So he sent me an updated photo of himself uh, just <laughs> seven hours, eight hours ago, I guess. 
Um, and it is a very disturbing photo. And it says, abscess, went to emergency last night, gave me meds, went to dentist today, got x-rays, have to get the swelling down, will have to pull the tooth and get an implant, just bought like a week's worth of soup, having drug thoughts like how the Tupperware people are really overthinking things, said out loud to nobody, man, they're really inside their own heads on this. I didn't understand any of that, but it's hilarious. I mean, I understood the first (laughs) part. I got all the dental and the soup and all that, but the Tupperware thing, I'm not... Well... A little peek inside my my kitchen cabinet. I don't like the way my bowls are shaped. Okay. Like I have like my normal <laughs> bowls, um, and they're <laughs> they're not conducive to scooping, which is pretty much exactly what you want a bowl for. Um, and and are they like high walled? Is that are they not? No, like... they're like really they're oh, they're very flat. Okay. So they're not there. There's not a a drastic I don't, I don't know angle. Mm-hmm. It's a very, it's a very gradual angle, which means scooping is difficult because I'm, I'm worried I'm just going to push stuff right off the side of the bowl. Um, so I was like, well, fuck this. I'm just going to make it easy on myself. I'm going to get some like Tupperware bowls or whatever. And I was looking over there, and I'm all on drugs, and I'm like, <laughs> man, the, there's a really way more effort put into making plastic bowls than there ever should be, and that's what I was thinking. Just talking to myself oh. at the grocery store. If, if anybody is wondering, this is the direction we're taking the podcast in in 2016, where you will hear a lot <laughs> less about books and authors and and literary literary related literature related stuff. And um, this this is what's going to be medical stuff as we get older. <laughs> I'm getting up in years. There'll oh, probably no. be some like pins in the hip kind of conversations. So uh, definitely, you're going to want to subscribe if you haven't already. Um, here's what you're actually going to get tonight. Um, a year in review, it's coming a little later than we thought, um, partially due to ridiculous work schedules because of holidays, um, partially due to Rob's uh, vocally uh, impaired status. Um, so we're going to kind of uh, do a little bit of recap of last year. We have a guest review um, that we're going to do a little later. It's a little short thing, but um, I-, I thought it was uh, pretty well done, so you'll be hearing that. You-, you may hear from Ryan McRae, the marketing intern, maybe later on in this episode. <laughs> Gotta get him. Gotta get him ready for it. Yeah, you may hear from him um, <laughs> with a review on a book that was like a million pages long or something. Um, but we're gonna kick it off with um, how else do you kick off a year in review? Let's talk about the best and the worst of this past year. That's right. As long as we've been doing um, year in review episodes, which I guess this would be our fifth. Am I correct about that? Eleven, do, twelve, thirteen, did fourteen, we do a year in, in all of them though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this will be our fifth year in review. Um, we've done our top three and our bottom three uh, books. Um, so yeah, I think usually what we do is we kind of go. Do we go back and forth? Like I'll give one, you give one, that kind of thing. I didn't even remember we did five of these, or this is our fifth one. So I don't know what we do on our podcast. <laughs> well, let's just do what we want to, because that's yeah, pretty exactly. much what we do. Rob, who keeps the who keeps the the score for this podcast, um, who preserves its integrity for the historians that are going to want to research this, yeah. um, has uh, has compiled and and he put together a little list for us, and it's the 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 top, the five star books, um, and then the one star or lower books, which clearly would probably be the best and the worst. Um, but that changes sometimes. So, you know, in looking at the list, I, I look at these and I go, man, maybe that's not really five stars to me now that I'm a little more removed for it. Or, oh, maybe that's not really a one star now that I think back on it. Um, so I, I guess we could just kind of go back and forth. 
Um, so we had a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven five-star books. One of them, um, only one of us rated at five stars. The other six we were in, um, we were in agreement on. And then there are four books that were one star or lower, of which three of them we agreed on. So, Rob, do you want to just kind of at random um, pick? I guess we'll start calling them top three. You want to pick what one of your top three is? Yeah, um, I guess before I do, it, it stands to point out that um, two of these books for both of us are, are rereads. One's a throwback and one is The Stupidest Angel, which we did in our Christmas episode. So those probably I'm going to lean away from as far as how I rank them for the year, but that doesn't mean that they're not excellent books. So those two are Perfume um, by Patrick Suskind mm-hmm. and The Stupidest Angel by Christopher Moore. And they're being disqualified because they were not published and or originally read by us in the year 2015. Right. So understanding that, we are down to four that we have in common and one that we differ on. I'll jump in with a different one. Uh, The one that I gave five stars to that Livius did not is Zeros by Chuck Wendig. Longtime fan of Chuck Wendig. And um, I don't know, man. Zeros was just... Here's what here's what it is, and I don't think that we had the chance to say this in the review, or I just might be too drugged up to remember it. Um, it's the robot book that we've been waiting for. <laughs> or, um, it's not. It's the yeah. It's it's the it's the AI book that we've been waiting for, and um, we read all those shitty Daniel H. Wilson books. Um, who he should have written a good robot. AI kind of book and he didn't and uh, Chuck Wendig comes along and just steals the show so that's I think one of the big reasons I gave it five stars we gave Daniel H. Wilson three shots didn't we because it was the two robot books and then there was that other one that he did yeah and you forgot about I think two of them (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much so um, there's there's that so um, there you go Um, yeah Rob and I are obviously going to have some overlap just based on the math after we subtract stuff out and and Rob had said you know we differed on zeros I think I gave zeros four stars if I remember correctly um I really like the book all right um Skullcrack City it's gonna be the the first one I'm gonna put in my uh my top three of this year um I have been a fan of Jeremy Robert Johnson's um since I listened to probably some bootleg illegal version recording of um uh, sharp dressed man at the end of the line that I believe was read by him. And this had to be, I don't know, five, six years ago. Well, certainly before we were doing this podcast, um, big fan of his, um, we reviewed his collection a couple of years ago. Um, great stuff there. And it was nice to be able to read something that was, um, long form fiction from him. Uh, I am looking forward to just brilliant stuff from that guy. I think he is, um, really, even though he's been around and writing for a while, I feel like he's still at the beginning of his career and we're going to see great things from him going forward. Um, yeah, I really dug that book too. Um, didn't he, was he the one that vague booked an upcoming thing recently on Facebook? Fucking goddamn all of them vague book shit all yeah, the time. That's, okay. I've got stuff going on. I can't talk about it. I can't even tell the difference anymore between the vague, vague booking, but I do yeah. believe he may have been vague booking something. I think he vague booked a, a, an exciting project with a top five publisher. So excited to see that. Yeah, um, I, I have yet to be, you know. You know, disappointed by anything I've read by that guy. Yeah, and he's a super dude. Um, if anybody's interested, you can go back to like episode number like seventy something. We did a review, an interview with him, 
And um, he, yeah, he's just a, he's a really smart guy who thinks too, way too much about parasites. Um, I'll go with my number two of the top three, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm taking this one. Don't give a damn what you say, David James Keaton's Pig Iron. Um, I feel like we were a little bit light on the Keaton this year. Maybe it's just a feeling, um, but uh, maybe it's because he's spending time fucking running around with other podcasts the whole time. That's true. You know what? But we did. Uh, wait, it was uh, last projector this year or last year? Um, it had to be last year. Yeah, because otherwise it would have been a five star, right? Yep. I'll be damned. Um. So yeah, Pig Iron. I really dug the book. I liked Keaton stepping away from his normal. Um degenerate criminal thing and going into a degenerate western criminal kind of thing um, which was really cool and it was nice to have him on to talk about it as well his uh, I'm trying to think of so in my mind the other day and this again I'm going to blame everything I say tonight on the drugs um, I was thinking about how he's kind of like uh, I'm sure you've never read any Hunter Thompson Livius but um Ah, uh, oh, hold on a second. Whoa. I, I, oh, oh, I read two Hunter Thompson books. I read that really shitty one that everyone likes, the movie of the... the Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That one. But I read one that I liked more, and I, I don't remember the title because I'm Alzheimer's. Um, It was on an island. <laughs> it was a, like a... Oh, The Rum Diary. I, yeah. Yes. I liked The Rum Diaries. I mean, I didn't... Like, I'm not singing its praises, but I liked it. It was, it was good stuff. Um... I kind of, in my mind, liken Keaton, Keaton's writing at least, to some of the more like insane writing of Hunter Thompson, where you're just not really sure what's going on, but it's fucking entertaining the whole time. Um, so that's kind of high praise in a way for for our man, Mr. Keaton. Hopefully, he doesn't disappoint. We got some stuff to read in 2016 as well. Um, yeah, he printed out something you know, a couple, maybe it was a couple months oh, ago. Yeah. Gorse. <laughs> it looks like 8,000 pages. <laughs> it's like eight reams of paper. I forgot about that, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the thing with Keaton is this. Um, I always thoroughly enjoy what I read from him, and, and I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I'm sure listeners already know that. So a lot of times some of the stuff goes over my head, but it's still so fucking entertaining. It, it's like Daniel yeah. Lewski was talking about. Like It's okay not to understand everything. I have to apply that when I read Keaton. <laughs> I don't always get all of it, and there are references that I don't get clearly that would probably enhance my experience, but it's always really fucking enjoyable regardless. I I 100% agree. Love that Keaton guy. All right. Number two for uh, Olivius is going to be Less Than Hero by S.G. Brown. Um, What can I say? I've been an S.G. Brown fan from day one. Um, The guy can do no wrong. I've read everything he's done. I look forward to more. Um, the, The whole heroes with weird powers um great stuff and just great characters and great dialogue and they're always kind of funny without having to be really profane i'm always really impressed when i find something funny that's not just terribly profane or offensive and sg brown is one of those few people that can seem to deliver for me on that level um and i I don't even want to say frequently it's all the time it's with everything i've read from him so um uh, S.G. Brown, here, here's how bad it is. I don't know if you noticed earlier that S.G. Brown had, had posted, like, this is where I'm writing today, and, like, his cat was in his lap, and he was, like, trying to reach around to his keyboard. Did you see that picture? Um, No, drugs. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is from new S.G. Brown, so I'm, like, trying on my phone to, like, zoom in on, like, the three lines that are visible on the laptop. That's my level of excitement for S.G. Brown stuff. So. Wow. 
that's uh that that's where I'm at with that. So yeah, less than hero <laughs> is going to be my uh, my number two for 2015. Um, yeah, I was thinking, I've been thinking about him lately because um, uh, he was he was pimping the I saw zombies eating Santa Claus really hard around the holidays. So he was like popping up in Facebook all the time, and I was thinking if we don't end up with a different candidate for a review for for Christmas 2016, we could maybe put that book up. Oh yeah, you know what I. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. All right. We're down to the big one, right? We are down to the big one. Um, number one. Number one book. If <laughs> if this was if this was a heavily produced podcast, there would be a drum roll. And Rob and I are in agreement on this one, so this this should be easy. Yeah, I think that the entire like literary world is in agreement with us on this. Um as far as booked is concerned, the number one book of 2015 is A Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. Yeah, I mean, it, like, I don't even know if we need to say anything about it. Just go online. It's on everybody's like top list from, from the last year. Um, a completely innovative book, at least in my experience, and so well written. Um, things you don't see coming. I mean, there's a whole review on it. You can go back and listen to, and then there's an interview you can listen to, and then there's probably four other podcasts we talk about it in. So, uh, I think we've talked about that one, um, enough for 2015. Yeah. Um, but definitely go back and check those episodes out if you haven't, uh, listened to them because hearing Paul's approach to why he decided to do what he did with the book and how he thought about it and how he conceived of it was super fascinating. So, um, beyond the book just being awesome, it's nice to kind of get a peek at uh, a little behind the scenes of how it how it came to be. Yeah, and I I get mad at myself because um, swallowing a donkey's eye was great. A head full of ghosts was great. I've read a bunch of his shorts, great, and I keep meaning back to go go back and read the two um, the the narcolepsy detective books, um, and I just can't yeah. like everything I read is for the podcast now. Uh, unless I'm reading subtitles for like Korean dramas, then there's that. But <laughs> I can't seem to make the time to go back, and I, I need to because he's he's very quickly becoming one of my favorite authors, and and I, I need to complete that catalog. Before we move on to the bottom list, uh, I just want to kind of call out some stats because those were five star books that we rated. Because of um, course you do, <laughs> and it's me, of course. <laughs> yeah. So there was a whole bunch that Livius and I actually. Rated very close to five stars. There's a ton of four and a half stars. So one, two, three, four, five, five for Livius and like seven or eight for me. Of what we have in common, Jake Hinkson's The Big Ugly, End in All Beginnings by John F.D. Taff, Canary by Dwayne Swierzynski, Familiar Volume 1 by Mark Z. Danielewski, and we both rated Experimental Film by Gemma Files as a 4.5. So... Um, a lot of love for books this year. That's a lot of five and four and a half star books. I um I would like to make mention that um allegedly doing the quotation marks, um, that Gemma Files is actually her real name, according to her herself. <laughs> she she responded to us Twitter. on Twitter, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. So yeah. um if you're listening, we kinda believe you. But that we're gonna need to see an ID. Certified birth certificate or it didn't happen. Maybe they don't have those in Canada. Oh, she's yeah. I don't yeah, know what they have. All right, let's move on to the fun stuff. I think that um, if we're going to go bottom three, can we just agree to agree to the bottom three that we agreed on? 
Wow, that was confusing, but um, yes. So there are only four books that we rated one star or lower, and uh, we agreed on three of them. And then um, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw out the fourth one. Rob gave Heir to the Jedi by Kevin Hearn lower, a one star or lower. Do you know? Do you have it in front of you? Do you know exactly what you rated it? Um, I do. I rated it one star. Um, and then these other three um in in no do we want to do what the worst one was I, I think we know what the worst one was well maybe we don't i don't know i mean i think it's probably a really neck and neck race for two of them yeah exactly so let's start with the one that wasn't the worst i think so um uh, prince lestat i'm guessing um by ann rice is probably our number Audrey. three yeah <laughs> so not the worst book but definitely in the bottom three of this uh, past year um, Anne Rice, if I remember correctly, I just felt that she really missed the boat on some great storytelling and there were some some really lavish parts and stuff. And, and maybe that's still I go back to and I think you and I, although we're the every man reading books, you know, kind of thing, like we're just regular guys. We're not professors. We're not literary scholars. We're, we're two dudes who read books. Um you know, maybe, you know, maybe someone like my mom could read Prince Lestat and, and, and Anne Rice could still get away with with some of that, you know, flair that she tries to throw on things. But I think that, you know, for, for the average person, for our average listener, I don't think that 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 fits very well. Fifty one characters. A lot of characters. There is that. So um, I, you know, it was it was it was nice. The thought of having um, Lestat back was nice. Um, ultimately, it was just a a, uh, a very disappointing book. Yeah, yeah. It. Um, I just don't have a good impression of Anne Rice, but I kind of came to her late in her career, so I'm wondering if that has something to do with it. Yeah, it's hard for me to judge because I mean, it, you know, I started reading her stuff 20 plus years ago, and you know, I was in a different place at that point. Clearly, I'd read much fewer books. You know, so I had less right. to gauge it against too. So yeah, I, I don't know how much different it is. All I know is I really enjoyed some of those, and I didn't enjoy this one, or the Wolf Gift. <laughs> um, the tie for the absolute worst of the year, and I think one of them is kind of a cheat because it's like a twenty-page thing. Is the Backdooring the Brat by Kiara Ann, which we kind of read as a joke anyway. So, um. It sucked, and we knew it was going to suck, and there was no guess. There was no doubt that it was going to be anything but a sucky book. For anybody who didn't hear that review, this bears a little bit of explaining. We decided um, kind of last minute we were doing an interlude. Uh, it was the Lazy Summer podcasting, but that we would review something that popped up in Rob's Facebook feed back during the Brett. I don't know what kind of things <laughs> he follows on Facebook. Cause certainly it doesn't come up on my feed, although it does come up on my Kindle app on my phone every time now. Um, it's a, uh, I guess you would call it a, a, um, stepdaughter fantasy erotica novel. Um, it's like Rob said, 20, 25 pages. Um, it was just, it was poorly written. It was, um, it, it was like, like, it makes me think back to like when I was a kid and every once in a while you could read like a penthouse letters. And, and I guess it made me realize that penthouse letters were probably written by professional writers. Because this one did not come off as being written by a professional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, backdooring the brat. And uh, the the other tie for worst book of the year, and this is probably no surprise to anybody, Gray by E.L. James. Um, made maybe worse than Fifty Shades of Gray. <laughs> Only in that I felt when I said, hey, we should review this, <clears throat> 
that her books had been out. She'd seen some of the criticism. She has a chance to retell the story and maybe she could fix some of the things. And instead, she didn't. Yeah, it turned out to be um, essentially a pandering money grab. Um, pandering in as much as like you got those idiots that like are my rabid fans of Fifty Shades of Grey and would do anything to get more of that story. And a yeah, money it grab. Wasn't, yeah, it wasn't even more of the story. I mean, it was just, I don't know. It was the same story. <laughs> it was the same story again. Yeah. So. Um, there you go. So uh, the bottom three for anybody who wasn't paying attention: Princess Stat by Anne Rice, um, Gray by E.L. James, and Backdooring the Brat. Sorry, Kiara, Anne, if you're listening. But holy shit, man, get on your stuff. Honorable mention in the low ratings category: Livius gave the familiar volume two a two star rating. Yeah, I did. I think less based on the book content and more based on how slow of a read it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So Or how slowly the, the story develops, but, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, I had to read it fast. I had to knock that out in like five days because of commitments <laughs> and stuff and work and whatever. No, I, I barreled through it, but ugh. So there you have it, the best and the worst of 2015 as designated by the book podcast. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah, and for... um. Anybody who wants to, <laughs> we're not above like shit talking lists. We've done it with um, even friends like Lit Reactor, um, and we I had that one. I don't know if you remember Olivia's, but one time I found a list of like the books you need to read before you die, and it was like the most generic books ever. Yep, I remember that. We had talked about that <laughs> long and hard. I think yeah, yeah, we did. Um, this list is based on the thirty plus books that we read this year, not. Um, not by far an inclusive list of, of all the books that were released in 2015, but just kind of the cream of the cream that's rising to the top of our particular cup. Yeah. I mean, we try to only talk about what we know. So, um, that's it. That's, uh, that's it for this year. So next year, um, we'll probably do 30 plus books. I'm imagining. Yeah. Um, we might have another lazy summer of podcasting. Um, It didn't slow us down. That's the weird thing. So. I know leading into it, we were like nine reviews in a row or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, because like in 2014, we had 32 books that we read. And I think that we have more this year, even though we took like three months off of reading. Yeah, it seemed like this year we were a little light on interviews um, in comparison to what we normally do. So I I don't know. You know, there's still some people, if we get a chance to interview them, we're going to do it regardless. I mean, I've got some bucket list um, authors that that I'd really like. Rob and I were talking off the air before the show about a couple that, you know, maybe we could see um, late this year. Um, You know, if you guys want more reviews, feel free to, like, just drop us a note and be like, um, you know, we, we like reviews. We like more interviews. We like more interludes. I mean, we're not going to do anything with that information. We're still going to do whatever the hell we want, but you know, <laughs> let us know, feel like you, like you'll, you'll be heard. I guarantee you, you'll be heard. If you drop us a line, book podcast at gmail.com least preferred way to go. But if you're not uh, part of the book podcast listening group, why not join it? Um, and you can do it that way. If you're personally friends with us, um, you know, shoot us a, a, a tweet or an email or whatever, and we'll take into consideration, maybe. Yeah, bosses around. Speaking of bossing people around, um, as you may have learned over the years, if someone expresses any kind of interest in helping us with something on the podcast, we immediately put them to work and make them do anything that we want them to. Our latest victim, of course, being 
Ryan McRae, the marketing intern. I, uh, I, I met Ryan through Rob, and, and Ryan is an awesome human being. I love this guy. But the best part of this is still being able to say things to people like, yeah, we have our marketing intern doing something. Like the ability to say we have a marketing intern is is equal to or better than just knowing Ryan. Wow, that's really diminishing him. No, no, I said he's an awesome human being. I love the guy. I said that. Dude, I love him so much I put him on a sticker. I know, and it's the best sticker of the bunch, too. People have no idea what we're talking about. There are new booked stickers. Expect to start seeing them on stuff in places. Yeah, but (laughs) before that, um, Ryan, uh, as we talked about on several episodes, was reading that uh, nearly two million word book. Uh, called Worm, and he promised us a review of it, and he finally got that over to us in just in time, squeaking in uh, at the end of 2015. So here is, it's only about four minutes long, but if you were wondering what the hell we've been talking about with this book, Worm, for the last few months, this is probably the most clear and concise explanation of the book that you could hope to find. This is Ryan McRae, the booked podcast marketing intern, with his first review on the show. I'm reviewing the book Worm by Wild Mo. It's a book written on a blog over the course of three years when compiled equals 1.75 million words. I started the book in July and finished in late November, early December. After that, I took my longest hiatus from reading anything, which was about a week. Worm is a science fiction book set in a world where superheroes and supervillains are indeed real. People acquire their powers after a trigger event, a traumatic physical, mental, or emotional pain that can cause them to have powers. Acquiring these powers normally happens after puberty. The entire story centers around Taylor Hubert, and after being maliciously bullied at school, she develops the ability to control insects within about four blocks of her. This might sound like a weak-ass power, but she learns creative and deadly ways to use her power from learning and extracting venom to building costumes of spider silk when taylor first develops her powers she keeps them secret because everyone must register their powers and be assigned to juvenile programs for kids with powers and in this world people keep their secret identity as best they can as to not endanger their loved ones taylor wants to join the superheroes but she finds out that they're narcissistic and the media spins their great deeds all too well so Taylor joins the Undersiders, a small-time group of teenagers who knock over banks and commit small thefts. Her team members consist of Bitch, a girl who can transform wolves and dogs into terrible creations under her control, Gru, a teenage boy who can surround an area in complete darkness, dampening the powers around him, Regent can control nervous systems when you're too close, and Tattletale, a young lady with hyper-intuition, From a mere conversation or observation, she can determine your worst fears, conflicts, and most likely your PIN number. The entire book chronicles Taylor, who calls herself Skitter, battling greater and greater threats from larger and larger creatures that attack the Earth. Abominations that can level cities to a band of psychopaths with brutal and cruel powers, such as Jack Slash, who can cut through any material while holding a knife at any distance. The book challenges the fact of what makes a villain or a hero, what decisions have to be made to be labeled either one, and what do the moral and ethical choices someone with powers has to make. Do you kill ten people to save a thousand? Should you wipe a person's memory to save them from years of anguish? Or is tampering with someone's memory just too far? 
This book introduced hundreds of peoples with a huge array of powers. There are entitled wikis built to cataloging this universe. But here's what you're as- actually asking. How the fuck do you keep yourself entertained by a book that is almost the size of five Lord of the Rings? The book just evolves as Taylor does. You see her make these hard decisions over and over. You see how people with powers could seriously mess up the planet. For example, Vegas becomes a wasteland because people with powers around probability and precognition ruin any fairness when it comes to gambling. It gives you the gritty aftermath of when creatures decimate a city and what people have to do to rebuild, and you see a young girl learn to fight for what she believes is right while trying to maintain a relationship with her father, her teammates, and try to save the world over and over. I'll admit, the book starts to lose its steam for me towards the end, like a marathon in the last mile, but also he and he also builds up this bully in Taylor's life that haunted her from high school, who suddenly just dro- just disappears, which would have been some rich soil for some great conflict. I was hoping she'd develop a power, and they'd have this huge fight, and it just didn't happen. Overall, I love the book, and I'm hoping it hits the shelves soon. Um, he's a talented writer who can construct a huge world and make it about one person who needs to involve and metamorphosize to save that world. I give it four and a half stars. And uh, this has been Ryan McRae, the marketing intern. And make sure and sign up for our non-existent newsletter at bookedpodcast.com. Hey, big thanks to Ryan, who is still employed, even though you guys aren't signing up for the book podcast um, newsletter, as he mentioned. So please, let's let's make 2016 the year we saved Ryan's job. Um, but God, you know, I was thinking as I was listening to that review earlier, um, God, it would be great to talk to the guy who wrote that because I have so many questions about, you know, how you do something like that, you know, the choice to not publish it, you know, in a traditional manner, you know, where, where it's, you know, whatever, 20, however many page books, you know, to come out to, to offer it um, exclusively online. And it sounds like it's being shopped around now, at least from what Ryan said, but that would be a great guest to get in 2016. Are you making an unofficial New Year's resolution? Uh, I, I am not making a New Year's resolution because <laughs> we failed. Yeah. On one of our New Year's resolutions last year, and the uh, the other one, we we, we cheated a little bit. Um, I'm going to put it on the record that you cheated. Uh, I I'm still. It's a literary tribute. It's not an anthology. So, thanks, Ryan. Really glad that we got Ryan on board with this. Um, he's just a really cool dude, and um, and yeah, he loves the podcast. So I'm glad that we can involve him in it. The it's podcast. like a family here. The podcast loves him. Yeah. All right, Rob. In um, I gotta tell you, like you guys have no idea how much Rob does for his podcast. Rob, I think went through and listened to every episode from this year to give you this next lengthy, I'm imagining segment. Um, Rob went through, and uh, let's see, this covers uh, 50 episodes, right? Around 45 episodes. Oh, um, yeah. Well, let's see. Let's do the math on this. Right now we're on episode, what, 289? Yep. And we started the year with episode 235. Yep. So uh, we have outtakes of um, what Rob felt were some of the funnier moments or funniest moments maybe um, from episodes 235 to 280. 
not one from each episode or anything like that. There are several clips, um, and uh, you're going to get to hear them um, pretty much right now. So in preparation for this part, um, Rob <laughs> stepped away for a moment, and I'm scrolling on the internet here, and I see this sponsor post. It says, Violent ATM Crime. And here's the problem with the internet nowadays. See, oh, Rob's no. laughing because he gets it, right? <laughs> and then there's a picture of a guy who looks like a goddamn creep. And under the violent ATM crime, it says, Terry Link is your senator. You should know this about him. So I'm not oh, going to no. go. I'm not going to go any explanation. Some of you will get. <laughs> it's a mouth crime. First yeah, it's a mouth. It's another mouth crime. There's mouth crimes rampant. So, Oh, my God. Oh, apparently, yeah, there's a group that uh, just talks about um, it's uh, it, their their website is atmmurder.wordpress.com. <laughs> and, you know, you know, how you know, yeah, you <laughs> know, you know, something's legitimate is there's a dot wordpress right in the URL. That's like, oh, <sighs> yeah. there's a legitimate um, yeah, site. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that screams effort. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Wow. <laughs> murder. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess that's a decent enough segue into our first clip. That's that's an idea of what's coming up, folks. <laughs> the other person that was, uh, I think it was masturbating in a bathroom, was George Michael, right? I didn't have his... He, yeah, I think he actually propositioned someone to do it uh, for him. See, here's the difference. When you're washed up Pee Wee Herman, you have to do it yourself. When you're George Michael, you get other people to do it for you. And then they arrest you. Levels of success. Yeah, yeah, well... Yeah. One day we're going to be so famous, Rob, that we're going to be able to have the people do that for other people. Like we like our level of involvement comes to <laughs> that's like <laughs> one step ahead of George Michael. <laughs> I'll give you fifty bucks to jerk that guy off. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's how you measure success. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what's stopping us from doing that right now. <laughs> the fact that we're not going to part with 50 bucks for anybody else's for anybody else's benefit until the patreon maybe we can make that like a milestone go <laughs> <laughs> if we hit the 500 dollar a month booked don't say we never gave you anything I don't even know why we still have a podcast. <laughs> what has happened here? Oh, I'm in tears. I am too. <laughs> All right. So coming out of that clip, here's what I want to say. You know, we said, oh, we can make a Patreon goal. We did. Patreon contacted us and said there was absolutely no way that we could offer that as a level <laughs> in the thing. So. Maybe unofficially that might still stand. I just don't want to say anything because I don't want the Patreon folks to start uh, withholding funds or anything from us. We need as much as we can get. <laughs> they they uh, they wouldn't even take like a kickback um, paid hand job or anything like that. It was just like nothing. <laughs> we were like, listen, we're only we're only a couple hundred bucks away. It could be you, <laughs> Mister Patreon. <laughs> and there was a pause, and then a uh, no, no, no. You still can't do it. So. There, there we go. That was, uh, yeah. I don't laugh that much that often. That was, uh, that was really great stuff right there. 
That was very good. Um, up next, you're going to hear a couple of quick clips from episode 236, which is our review of Jake Hinkson's The Big Ugly, where we just get a little bit goofy and um, also a little misinterpretation of an author name, which is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I think that was part of the review. I will, I'll tell you what, I didn't give a great review uh, of the stud book for the, the literary <laughs> content, but it's five stars. It's a like beer coaster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to encourage listeners to go look on Amazon reviews because <laughs> I get the feeling that Rob might go and review this book on Amazon, this which book. is not something that happens very often. <laughs> Excellent place to rest your beer, everybody. <laughs> I'm stars. Love this book. I, I also thought that said Mariah Carey, not MR Carey at first. <laughs> Dude, if Mariah Carey <laughs> writes a horror novel, we're going to review it, and I'm going to vote for it. Fuck yes. The horror book of the year. <laughs> yeah, uh, apparently we were um, extra funny that episode because there was another clip that we decided didn't quite make the cup, but was pretty good too. <clears throat> Rob, how's your uh, how's your beer coaster holding up? I know you're probably not drinking beer tonight, but is the beer coaster still holding up to your five-star standards? Yeah, it's starting to look a little ragged. The pages are definitely getting wavy. Um, but it's supporting my Gatorade that I'm drinking right now quite well. Oh, yeah. multifunctional coaster. That's awesome. Yeah. So. <laughs> Not just alcohol. <laughs> I, uh, you know, speaking of, it's that time of year, right? That this is horror awards should be announced um, soon. They made some changes, but God damn it. Mariah Carey did not write that horror <laughs> book. I swear to God, if she does, it's getting nominated for, for, um, I will go on a personal campaign to get it nominated for horror book of the year. Damn right. Well, maybe 2016 is the year for Mariah Carey to write a horror story. Could be. I think she's done singing, right? I don't think she's been doing much. Of, I don't know. I don't keep up. I, <laughs> she's definitely not the celebrity that I follow. Yeah. So, um, But at any rate, this is Horror Awards coming up. Apparently, um, Tattoo Artist of the Year is no longer a category. Scandalous. It's because they they were worried because we kept trying to break into that category, I think. Dude, I, it pisses me off because I've given like eight tattoos now, and I was trying, I was going to, yeah, so. You're, um, are you tattooing the unwilling? Yeah, well, shh, shh. <laughs> let's, not, let's not talk about that. A, ATM murder. Um, oh, God. <laughs> but uh, it's been replaced with Artist of the Year, which is um, I'm probably a little a little more inclusive of other art styles like i think they um, just like left off a word like they forgot to type the word tattoo because it was tattoo (laughs) artist of the year right no i i think that it was i think it was legitimate and here's why (laughs) (laughs) now they can include interpretive uh interpretive dance because that that technically is art right so there's some horrifying interpretive dance (laughs) out there and and i'm telling you i'm telling you that that could be some of the most horror-filled stuff I've ever seen. So uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get a guy as a tree. Yeah, <laughs> he's a tree in a cemetery. Here, I'll and, tell you why they made that category artist of the year because all they have to do is scroll through like Dickie Gerling's Facebook feed, and they can find all of the the you know candidates right there. Every, every all the nominees come <laughs> from, from Dickie Gerling's Facebook. <laughs> I think that we should next year have an award that's that is something like from Nikki Gurleen's Facebook where we give out some type of award or honorable mention or our three favorite things. I I think because we could do that because right now you can start like screenshotting stuff that could be a candidate starting, um, you know, in the next couple days. What if we did like the week in (laughs) Gurleen? We just talked about the weird shit of the week, like every episode. Um, I'm also okay with that. I think we're going to take a shot. (laughs) It might not be every week, but I think (laughs) that, that some weeks there may be some 
some stuff there that we could use. All right, cool. Episode 243, um, and I have not heard this <laughs> clip yet, but I just have to say that if it says Japanese bus rape on it, I'm guessing I'm the guilty party. Um, well, you know what? Let's just uh, let's listen and find out. Dude, listen. Hold on a second, though. Buses in Japan. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? No, I have no idea. Okay, dude, in the Japanese culture, and I'm just saying because I read about this somewhere, <laughs> anytime a woman gets on the bus... Apparently, she's just violated by every guy that's on there. <laughs> oh, my God. What are you talking about? Dude, seriously. Listen. <laughs> Japanese adult videos are the strangest fucking thing in the world. Listen, I guarantee you right now, take a minute and Google Japan and bus and see what comes up. <laughs> I won't. I cannot do this. That might have been the one time of 2015 where I almost laughed so hard that I passed out. I'm not 100% sure, but that sounded like one of those moments. Rob, did you ever get a chance to look at all the evidence I sent you? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm on a watch list now, thanks to you. <laughs> so, um, I, uh, I hope that at least you're not taking any public transportation, that you've taken, the, you've taken my words as a cautionary tale of what well, could happen well if i'm standing at the bus stop and i see anybody who looks japanese i just immediately <laughs> just, walk away it's a bus pulls up it's all asian people and rob starts <laughs> running down the street like no horrified all right we've got um I, I don't even know what this is i actually don't remember this one so um this is going to be as new to me as it is to you guys we read a book that realistically if you think about this this is probably our first like legit book club book like where we could have sat down with a gaggle of you know middle-aged women and <laughs> some old biddies yeah and had a had a had a fucking conversation about a book that they had read um and i would i've been imagining drunk livius getting into arguments with these old ladies about this book like no 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 fuck that the loch ness monster <laughs> <laughs> so a future episode of book should be that i get drunk and we go to a book club <laughs> Tell me you don't see fucking tons of value in that idea. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. I just, man, <laughs> old biddies are fierce. I didn't get my ass kicked by some old ladies. <laughs> That'll be, that's why we'll video it. We'll do, uh, um, I'm off Meerkat, by the way. We're on to Periscope, which is the same thing, but made by Twitter. Well, well thank God for that. <laughs> so well, we'll I, Periscope that. We'll Periscope you getting beaten down by a bunch of old ladies. Um, yes, but I am bringing a taser because I ain't afraid of no old bitches. What I'm saying. <laughs> oh, God. If you tase an old woman in an argument about this book, I, I don't think life could get any better. <laughs> Drunken book club. Oh, God. All right, so I think we got another Patreon goal level based on the uh, Livius getting drunk and tasing people at book clubs. So let's, let's figure this out dollar-wise. So which is more... Um, which one is more prosecutable? <laughs> it's more Us criminal. paying someone to, to give a hand job to somebody else, or me drunkenly tasing old women at the like library? Yeah. I think that I think that the tasing one is gonna is gonna be more insurance. You know, a more oh, of an insurance yeah, risk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, here's the whole thing. I think I, I as I was listening to that clip, I thought it would be interesting, and we could probably talk a book club into letting us record a conversation where we read your standard book club type book 
and go in and talk to them about it. Now, to be honest, I, I'm not that much of a dick. I would probably carry off. I, I'd be honest, but I'd carry <laughs> off a reasonable conversation right. with people about a book. It might be a fun idea. Minus the taser. Yeah, I probably wouldn't drink. Okay. All right. But I'd definitely bring a fucking taser because you never know what <laughs> you can go down the club. <laughs> I love it. All right. This next one is definitely from our lazy summer of podcasting where we went pretty much entirely off the rails. I remember this because um, there was uh, at one point a monkey came into um, the store that I work in. And we talked for like probably 20 minutes on this episode about the monkey. Um, and I, I remember just being adamant that I didn't want to touch the monkey because I didn't want to get like monkey AIDS. Um, but then, then we got all serious about the conversation because Livia said encountered some monkeys too. So here's our little conversation about, um, how to shop for your monkey. But, uh, I did not touch the monkey. Would you like to know why? (laughs) Do tell. Because I fucking know better. I don't want to get all these monkey AIDS diseases and stuff. Monkey swine flu. Monkey swine flu. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame you. I wouldn't touch a monkey either. I just, you know what, I'm allergic to the most animals, so it would be a good reason for you not to touch it, is I'd probably just get hives and start sneezing and shit. <laughs> which would freak out the monkey, and then it would poop and throw it at you, which just exacerbates everything. Yeah, well, it would have to take off its diaper to get at the poop, that's the good news. Yeah. This was like a colored diaper, like it was like a, a festive, you know, not oh. just your plain old white diaper. Gotcha. My monkey had a white diaper. I was I didn't care enough to try and see if there was like a specific pattern or if there were specific monkey diapers. Do you think monkeys have like specific monkey diapers? Um, God, I don't know. You know, I'm thinking that their legs are probably like thinner than like baby legs. So I don't I don't know. Mm. Is are are there monkey diapers? This is a, this is an excellent question. <laughs> Let's see if Google has um <laughs> That is a question for Google. I'm any gonna see information if... on this. I'm gonna send you a picture of this monkey licking pants while you're while you're doing that. Washable disposable monkey diapers at monkeyneeds.com. <laughs> Where is it at? Monkeyneeds.com. Like things that monkey needs. They even have boy and girl ones. What else do monkeys need according to this website? <laughs> oh, let's take a look. Let's see. Essentials. They need syringes for if uh, they have heroin. For, if for they their have monkey heroin. drugs. Heroin problems. A belly chain for marmosets and tamarins. Oh, I see. Because you don't want to put a leash around their neck. So I'm guessing it gets like a belly chain. Kind of like chicks did in the 90s. <laughs> for entire, hopefully different reasons. Yeah. And then motherwort, which looks to be some type of maybe medication or something. Like a guy done sizing your primate. Does your primate need sizing? Yeah. Wow, I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Sizing your monkey for our clothing is actually pretty easy, as the design of the two-piece set gives you a lot of margin in sizes. The Velcro allows for a better fit for a much longer time. If your capuchin Capuchin pulls off the diaper covers, try the shorts! Exclamation point. We have a few new designs. (laughs) With parachute clips that will also... Lo- oh, this is really weird. This website looks like it was made in, like, 1989 and not updated since then. It's like GeoCities? Yeah, pretty much. Nice. 
monkeyneeds.com this episode of book brought to you by monkeyneeds.com when your monkey needs something monkeyneeds.com has it for you you know it occurs to me <laughs> that probably so we do we do the book reviews and that's all really interesting and stuff but if we went back through all 280 episodes i'll bet you some of the best moments were like i'm sure there's a website that does this and then it's followed by <laughs> some type of information because i remember going to some pretty weird websites to look stuff up and it always seems to be great <laughs> moments in the podcast so um yeah. monkey needs heroin uh syringes <laughs> belly chains so they can be sexy and, and, <laughs> like, uh, 90s something something. Yeah, like 90s girls something like 90s girls yeah and and i take back what i said it was for the same reason it's so they couldn't get away uh, <laughs> of course Yep. All right, this next clip we're going to play, not a super long clip, but it's um, from our erotic extravaganza spectacular, and um, where else would you find what you're about to hear? She has other um, stories, books. Can I read some of the titles? Oh, please do. Um, First Time Taboo Bundle 1. Okay, that's not as. Let's see. Um, His Brat Secret Valentine. Housebroken Brat Still in Trouble. Uh, His Plump Princess. Housebroken Brat. uh, That's the same one. Uh, the complete story of his plump brat. So basically it sounds like there's three stories that have all been put into one book. Uh, <laughs> his plump princess continues. There are three pages of this stuff. Um, and oddly enough, those are all listed as, as uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, right? <laughs> <BBW> <laughs> books. That's a lot of stories taking place at Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. and uh, That's the weird thing. We go to fucking Buffalo Wild Wings, Richard Thomas all the time. I never see any erotic things happening. I've never once seen anything <laughs> like that at a Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, so <laughs> Rob mocks me, right, about that. But I'll tell you something. I don't know when you guys are listening to this, but if you go to the Amazon bestsellers, you will find Big Beautiful Woman Goes to Buffalo Wild Wings, written by Livius Nedden, in the top 200 right now. <laughs> my first published effort. <laughs> oh, man. And how have I not read this? Is it is it um, is it charting better than She's Got Braces 3? <laughs> well, yeah, because we haven't started work on that oh, yet. Yeah. But Sorry. I went out on my own, and I now have 74 cents in Amazon <laughs> funds. So there, laugh at that, motherfucker. Oh. Girl eating, eating hibachi-flavored um, wings, just bowls and bowls of them. Co-written, co-written by Kira Ann. <laughs> wow. Now, um, attention to detail would be great if at some point you made at least a vague reference to... Um, Richard Thomas being there because that's where we always go to hang out with Richard Thomas. <laughs> Big reference to like three or four dorks sitting around a table reading books while there's sporting events going on all around. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, this last one um, is from episode 280, the Halloween Extravaganza Spectacular. Um, and I, if I'm not uh, mistaken, this was um, one of the stories um, that we we. Rob had a brilliant idea where each one of us would be assigned an, um, a, a, a true, you know, in quotes, true haunting story that we would have to kind of research and share with the other one. So like lesser known ones. Um, and this one, um, well, it, it takes place in, in, a, in, a, in a terrifying, terrifying neighborhood. But I'll uh, say, so, you know, like in true rich white person fashion back in the 1800s and such, um, this family, the Ottos, they had servants like all white people did back then. And, of course, these servants weren't white. I mean, why would they, you know? And this is down in Florida, too, you know? So in uh, this, Jesse like, is, rich... Jesse's politicizing <laughs> this whole <laughs> ghost story. And yeah, this is why it. Donald Trump shouldn't be president. <laughs> lay, lay off the agenda, buddy. 
<laughs> of course there were slaves. <laughs> oh shit. This is their... Uh, it's not starting out as a scary story. It's... <laughs> Not the most terrifying scary. story of white privilege. <laughs> Listen to all the white people cackle in the background of their privilege. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and you thought that I made uh, some liberal stances on things. You get Jesse talking about anything that has like the sniff of of um, oppression, and apparently he gets pretty set off about it. I, he was, I think he was only moments away from blocking traffic on like the closest like big street that he lives to. You know, that street's like, like, I don't know, like a quarter block down from his place. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, go out there and like protest something that happened in the 1800s uh, <laughs> in Florida. So. You gotta be more careful with what stories I give him in the future. Yeah, that's true. But you know what? I guess that there is a little sample of why I also got my own sticker in the new book sticker collection. <laughs> it just says bigot apologist. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm I'm very um, disturbingly proud of that sticker. By the way, like I, I look at it with pride. So uh, there you go. And um, there's one other moment that I think was probably one of the funniest moments of the year, um, and it involved our gift exchange with the the, the previous episode. But just because of <laughs> what I sent to Jesse, um, it's not allowed to be talked about on the podcast. But if you think about, like, um, if, if, if you knew from our perspective what was going on, I'm going to call that one of the funniest moments of the year, even though we couldn't play it for, for our listeners. I'm going to agree, and, and I will tell you that when Rob um, shared this with me, and I know this is, this is the equivalent of vague booking, I, I will tell you, I don't know that Rob's done something that funny the rest of this year, like totaled out like that was just fucking great shit right there. And I wish we could share it with listeners. <laughs> All I will say is that if you thought I was mean to the stud book, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, you actually gave the stud book five stars for something. I know. Least. Well, you know what? So, some five star packing, some material. five star packing material. I sent to Jesse. <laughs> Right, that wraps up um, a few moments. And when I say moments, I mean like individual moments because I know this has been going on for like an hour, I think, if you total up all of the stuff we just listened to. But um, some of our favorite moments. And, you know, this is a, a best of, right? This is the, the best uh, stuff of the year, year in review. So there you go. That's some of our favorite moments. If you have favorite moments of your own, feel free to let us know about them. And, um, you know, we'll we'll take it into consideration. <laughs> Because <laughs> I said kind of play off that. Like, if you have stuff you think that's great, share it. Mm, you know, I don't know what that's going to get you, but yeah, that won't get you anywhere. But at least we'll know what you think is funny. Yep. <laughs> yeah. One other thing we want to mention. So we we only have a couple other things to talk about. I realize it's probably getting a little lengthy um, for listeners, but whatever. You can pause it and come back tomorrow and listen to more. Um, but we're going to just shout out uh, <laughs> Search Bar Chris is how we're kind of um, <laughs> named him um, oh. here at the podcast. Um, for being, and, and this is going to maybe surprise people, the only listener to call and leave us a voicemail in 2015 that, that isn't already like Adam um, has called a couple times, but he's kind of a part of the show as he provides clips and stuff. So the only non 
um, involved person to call and leave us voicemails. Um, Rob, you don't have that number handy, do you? Of course I do. It's 773-599-1057. You paused it. I was like, that's not enough numbers. Maybe this is why we're not getting calls because Rob's giving people. Get to one zero and it just looks like it needs more numbers. 773-599-1057. So you can call and leave voicemail anytime. There's a good chance you will hear it played. Um, Here uh, is Search Bar Chris. And the reason we're playing this is, um, and it'll make more sense afterwards, Um, Chris, it's after the holidays. We're still waiting. Hello, Rob and Olivia. Booked podcast Jedi Masters. I don't know. This is uh, Search Bar Chris. And I immediately knew what Adam was like no work was talking about when he was referring to your girl disappearing Rob. He's talking about your story in the book anthology. I can't believe you didn't pick up on that. Coffee, girl missing, come on. Anyways, I'm seriously considering this $25 a month thing because I can just think of so many books that would absolutely drive Olivia nuts that it might be worth it to me. And I would commit to one year of 20, at least one year of $25 a month just to make Olivia read something that he absolutely does not want to read. So I'm going to think about it and uh, maybe after the holidays. All right, yeah, for anybody who's not familiar, we have a Patreon page set up, and we have recently, uh, a few months back, uh, set up some milestone goals, as well as some uh, contributor rewards. Uh, The $25 a per month level allows a contributor to choose um, a book that we will review on the podcast, and... They have the opportunity as well to choose to uh, guest review that as well. So be one of the people on the episode reviewing um, reviewing that book. Yep. So um, search bar Chris. It's after the holidays. Still waiting for you to make me read a crappy book. We already have two people who are qualified to do that, and they have not collected. Which, based on who the two people are, I, I don't think I'd mind what their recommendation was. <laughs> but I'm also not really looking forward to getting books shoved down my throat either. Yeah, well, if you get the books shoved down your throat, it would probably happen on a Japanese bus. So <laughs> it's kind of it, it can go one of two ways. So somebody could suggest a book and be like, "Oh, this is great! I, I'm totally happy to review this book." Or it could be like the clown um, in the dunk tank <laughs> <laughs> with me. I get the feeling I would be the target. Wait, so more than you? I feel like I feel like I'm that guy when you choose books sometimes. Yeah, it's got to be terrible, right? I don't want to be in that position. Well, now that I'm on the Patreon page, I want to point something out. We do have a $500 per month milestone goal. <laughs> of course, we just talked it about it. It has nothing to do with paying to get people hand jobs. Well, yeah, because we had to change it. Yeah. Get us to 500. We'll see. We'll see what could happen. I still don't know how yeah. we're going to select the recipient of said hand job, but. But it is, well, here's what it is it's, uh, <laughs> it's to get ourselves our own. Um, um, space, right? 
so yep. obviously that's where people gather when we want to. <laughs> that's, where the, that's where the HJ is going to happen. So. At least where we talk about it behind closed doors where we know no one's going to yeah. Yeah, interfere. Yeah, no, it's got to happen in a car. That's the only right way to do that. In a car? Yeah. All right, well, I mean. <laughs> it's going to be really just... awkward because you and I are going to be sitting in the front seat like with the, with the voice Recording. recorder. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, we have oh, a fucking so, waiver that they have to sign where it's like you're gonna get a hand job, but we're gonna be recording it only in audio. I would also like to say that the fact we haven't reached 250 yet means I have not had to shop for coffee mugs and t-shirts yet. So thanks in a way. I'm kind of pissed, but um, you wanted a new t-shirt. I want a new t-shirt, and I want a coffee mug. Yep. Yeah, me too. But yeah, 250. You know what? We got to find a way to like work these stickers in somewhere too because we've got these awesome stickers now. We do have these awesome. We've mentioned them twice, and you would think that it, like we were doing it on purpose. We weren't. I just really like the stickers. Yeah, we'll figure out stickers. Maybe we'll send some out to contributors. I don't know. Um, I think we have accurate addresses for almost all of them. Hey, if you are a contributor <laughs> and we don't have your address, just shoot us an email, and I promise we'll read that one at bookpodcast.com. We should have your address just in case we ever want to send you something. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's it for that. Um, just the other thing, kind of some. So we talked about like things we did on the show, and I feel like those are. It's gonna sound douchey, like we do that for the listeners, right? Like we review books and we did funny stuff, and when we do it, we entertain ourselves with it, but we really do it as content for the show. But some cool things happened um, to us personally um, via the podcast um, this this past year, and and this is kind of like a. We'll, we'll let this area go as a thank you to listeners because of you guys. There were some things that we were gonna we were able to do this year um, that we probably wouldn't have been able to do without this show, right? Um, oh, absolutely, hundred percent. So we'll talk about the first one because this one was uh, was personally a, a big milestone just for me. So uh, we got to go to AWP in Minneapolis. That wasn't the mile. We probably wouldn't have done that without the podcast because let's be honest, we didn't fucking know what AWP was. We had to look it up like year one. So um, I got to meet Stephen Graham Jones. Like I'm the last person in the world that got to meet Stephen Graham Jones. So that was a very, very cool uh, moment for me. Rob can probably tell you what that went like the like hour beforehand. I'll, I'll let I'll, I'll pass that off to Rob. <sighs> So that was the um <laughs> not, so that was actually kind of a busy day because we had stuff that we went to before going to this dinner that we had planned and um so we had to leave a reading early to get to our our dinner reservation um and Livius was like Mr. we got to get the fuck out of here to get over there so that uh he didn't miss his chance to to meet the man himself Stephen Graham Jones he was like a little girl about it then when we're at or at the restaurant, he orchestrated it so that there would be an empty seat next to him for when Stephen arrived. It was it was pretty adorable. Yeah, I, I, I'm like look around. I'm like you guys have all met him. You've met him. You've met him. Like he's sitting next to me, and then he like I starts walk forward. I was like, no, no, no. We have a seat right here for you. <laughs> like you sit right here. <laughs> like seating chart I made. It was basically it was... <laughs> just my name, and Stephen's name. <laughs> And then the other ones were just at everyone else. So yeah. uh, it was very cool. Um, again, I wouldn't have gotten to meet Stephen Graham Jones. I don't imagine I would have if it wasn't for this podcast. So uh, uh, thanks to you guys for making uh, making that happen for me. Oh, and you met Dennis Woodmere too. I did. I did. Now, to be to be honest, I didn't know of Dennis till after the podcast. If that makes sense, you know what I mean, right? So like, if that I did meet him, but I, if I didn't do the podcast, I probably what, wouldn't. Yeah. Know. Yes, so it's yeah. kind of a different. Very cool to meet him, and we got to spend about thirty seconds together outside a hotel um, as he was leaving. What a nice guy, though! So I'm looking forward to um, any other events that he's at. Actually, getting to, to pick his brain a little bit. 
Uh, one of my favorite moments for the year was um, it was kind of a quick turnaround because um, Nikki Gerlane told us you know, we have to read this book by Josh Mallerman because it's awesome and then we read it and then we loved it and then we interviewed him and he's like oh you have to read this book by John F.D. Taft because it's awesome and then we read it and we loved it so we had both of them on for an episode um, at the same time so we went from not knowing about either of these dudes to having this kind of crazy big double author episode where it was like a review and an interview all rolled into one. Oh, you know, and we had said, you and I had said personally, I think, and especially when talking to Josh, that we had to do this again where we kind of review something together. And I think that a 2016 resolution might be to get those two guys together to review something with us. Sure. Absolutely. Some uh, some maybe big horror release or something. We'll see. It's hard to work. We See, we forget. And I know there are some listeners out there when I go, oh, we read 32 books this year. And they're like, fuck, I read like 55. But the average person doesn't have the time or, or the desire or whatever to read 30, 40 books. So whenever we have a guest host, um, a lot of times it has to be something we know of way in advance and it's to give them time. So Rob and I turn around books. Well, Rob does it in a day, <laughs> but you know, we're week to week. So it's very rare that we get to start something. It, it, it can be tough to get two people who have other lives and stuff they do that don't involve this podcast and be like, hey, we, I need both you guys to read this particular book and you have, you know, 10 days to do it or whatever. So um, whenever somebody reviews something with us, we're very appreciative. And uh, big thanks to Josh Mallerman for um, a turning us on to Mr. Taff um, and um, willing to review it uh, with us and then to interview him, too, which was all very awesome. It was good times and. I'm just remembering another, this is another, we're not going to tell you what happened, but there was a little behind the scenes happening in my, my place. That was a special, a special moment in my life. This is, um, without saying too much, this is, this is kind of how this goes. Um, we usually wind up on with our guests talking off the record for great lengths of time, sometimes (laughs) an hour. Um, and, and Rob's always really, you know, really in doing that. And, and usually it's me going, guys, I got to go because I got to be up for work in like three hours. And I'm usually the first one to have to break up the party. And we got off that one. And Rob's like, all right, guys, got to go. Thanks. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that was fucking weird because <laughs> that's never, ever happened before. And sure enough, the, the reason behind it, which we're not going to discuss, um, I think people could maybe figure it out a little bit through their uh, <laughs> constant listeners. What so. would draw me away from like my one passion in life? Yeah, but um, to, to be fair, you also set that same thing aside for like two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> so God bless you for putting the podcast first. There you go. Um, our, our final uh, milestone moment, two of them um, for 2015. Uh, this goes back to a... Uh, a significant milestone from year one. I mean, one of the really uh, great moments for me, and I, I believe for Rob too, one of the greater moments of this. Um, and going back, you know, several years now, um, when we got to interview Craig Clevenger, that was like just talking to Craig Clevenger was a bucket list item for me for years. Um, and this year, we got him to guest host and review not one, but two episodes back to back, which is just crazy and so fucking cool. Yeah, it's pretty nuts, and it came down to he happened to be um, of his own volition reading the same books that we were approximately the same time, and um, he likes us. <laughs> so we're like, hey, what do you think about joining us? I think at one point, I think for one, so we invited him to, to co-host, uh, to guest review, then he's like, hey, I know you're doing this book, I can do that too. And we're like, um, yeah, of course. Yeah, so... um 
Yeah, a- anytime, anytime. And and um, looking back, um, it, it's really nice to have somebody of his level provide insight to. So I go back to, um, you know, you and I are the every guy, and yeah, we have opinions. But the the nice thing I think, or the thing that people like about this podcast, is that we're not super over analyzing everything like we're talking about like what we enjoyed about a book like readers Mm -hmm. um whenever we have a guest host on who's a writer um and and especially i mean this goes succeeds that by um you know we had mallerman on and clevenger i mean these are guys who who are great brilliant writers um it's nice to get that insight too sometimes from somebody else who does that um, and it was a uh, it was it was a great time, and I'm very much looking forward to doing that again, and, and um, wrangling some of these guest hosts um, in again for more reviews this year. Yeah, it gives another. It looks it's like looking through a different lens, and um, I mean I know that you and I don't always agree, but we're always like you said, kind of from the perspective of a reader, not from someone who's thinking about the craft. So that's cool. I, I like I like getting authors on to uh, to share our perspective or to share their perspective when we're. Uh, we'll have to try and do a little bit more of that. Maybe we can make that a focus of 2016. Just make everybody else do the work for us. Well, no, we still do the work there too. Yeah, we'll figure it out. If we, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> if we can pawn off some work on some of these guys, that's what I'm saying. Just fucking like yeah. hand <laughs> over a whole episode to someone and don't even fucking show up at all. It's in the works, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes over. Yeah, yeah. All right, so before we wrap it up, Livius, is there anything that you um, are really looking forward to for the year of 2016 that you want to share? Um, well, I'm certainly going to watch more anime than I did this year. I mean, for the podcast, like pod- oh, oh, uh, podcast-specific oh, oh, yeah. things. Like oh, yeah. None of your weird <laughs> other you. bullshit. Uh, I really thought it was great at the beginning. I was like, all I've been reading is subtitles for like Korean dramas and anime. Anyway, um, yeah, you know, um, I, I really, it occurred to me that there were a couple of handsome devils and that people really don't get to see enough of us. So I'd really like to, to start doing some stuff on YouTube. I know you and I have been tossing it around. We may have mentioned some stuff. We had a very failed attempt at the last noir at the bar, um, for some YouTube content. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. um, I'd really like for us to, um, you know, continue to find, you know, like it would be a, another thing that we could bring to the listeners. And they certainly, I, I wouldn't think they would be hour and a half long <laughs> YouTube videos, but, um, there's something there, you know, I don't have any you know, ridiculous aspirations of having, you know, whatever, 100,000 subscribers making any money out of it. But I think it would be another nice thing that we could do, maybe a different type of episode occasionally where it's a video episode. It might not even be a book review, maybe interludes by video or something. I don't know, something we're working on, something I'm working on and, and going to, you know, get <laughs> coerce Rob into doing because that's how this podcast works. So, um, <laughs> yeah, something like that. So maybe maybe some video, maybe adding that that other dimension. But I know we've said this before, and I don't remember what context. I mean, anything we do is really about the podcast. You know, I think we talked about when we did the the anthology, as cool as that was, it, it was a podcast endeavor. You know, like we didn't endeavor to be publishers. We, you know, wanted to put out a book that related to the podcast. So everything we do is going to still come back to this particular medium. I hope. I think. All right. Well, I'm totally down for that, but maybe after this whole swollen face thing goes away um although me looking drugged up on a video would be cool but like i honestly that makes me look so much better <laughs> that's why i wanted to do it like right now <laughs> I... just flip on your camera let's do this <laughs> did i send you that picture of me it looks like i'm auditioning for the movie mask yeah that's um you're, you're well yeah you're you're yeah i mean normally you're a real handsome devil though <laughs> that reminds me um 
they tell you the thing I didn't. So we're gonna I'm gonna take us all the way back to our first year of podcasting when we were talking more about our friend Dan and his uh, podcast Fatinay. Um, Dan at one point had Bell's palsy. Do you remember this, Livius? I, I do. I tell you what I did because he was keeping a blog of his progress of mm-hmm. of recovery. Yep. I, I and I and I looked at it in reverse one time. <laughs> oh God, I do remember. Just to see him getting worse and worse with his Bell's palsy. <laughs> and I told him it was really funny to look at his blog in reverse, but I don't think he really enjoyed the joke. I think he actually had moderate success with that. I mean, that's the kind of thing that people go through, and and it's probably a fairly thoughtful thing. You know, like you were like, I have an abscess tooth. I'm I'm shutting down from the world. <laughs> you know, you should put it out there. <laughs> Fuck you everyone. should blog this. Blog it. Uh, blogging is so much typing, and um, I I don't have the energy for that. Fair enough. What are you looking forward to in this in this new year? There's got to be something, right? I think theming off of what you said. Um. And we're not making we're not we're not making resolutions this year. It seems like, but um, theming off of what you said, I think just being more engaged with our our listeners and our patrons. So we started uh, doing cool stuff again, like making stickers, and we want to make those T-shirts and stuff like that, and the mugs. But um, yeah, just actually having more correspondence and input from our listeners, I think, would be really cool if we could kind of make it more community. I say that because like it's never happened, and we've been doing this close to five years now. We just have the least involved audience ever, and if all they want to do is listen, that's cool. But like, turns out we're kind of fun people. Do you, do you know that we did that to ourselves, right? Because we have people who are engaged, and we're like, we're not reading these emails. So yeah, I think you and I need to resolve how we want people to communicate with us and commit to um, what's the word? Like, pay, pay attention to that. Mm. You know what I mean? So. I don't know if you want to do it now or if we come up with something, but I don't know. Messaging the book podcast page is probably a good way. We both get that. Um, we could reopen. I tell the you, email man, the... and actually look at what comes in there <laughs> other than like our download stats. Now that I, now you say that when I post stuff on the book podcast listening group, I think it gets some pretty good, like, you know, good action. So maybe that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and spend some more time engaging with people there. Good. Cause you're better at posting stuff than I am. Um, Yeah. I fucking yeah. made an unboxing video of a book once, and it's got like a thousand views on YouTube. I'm brilliant. Nice. You know what? I, I think that you might be a little brilliant. Um, I will continue to make videos for for The Wheel of Meat, which I think okay. we'll be seeing its return. I'll be honest with you. At the rate we're going on picking books for this podcast, that might be making its return much sooner than anybody thinks. <laughs> like in a week or two? <laughs> <laughs> like in less than that if we don't come up with a book for the next episode. Oh, I think that's a great way to end our year, right? Yeah. The uncertainty I mean, that you know us for. Yeah, well, I, I thought, because I really thought about this. I was like, oh, man, it would just be easy to just pull The Wheel of Meat for the next episode. And I thought... I'm not superstitious, but you know, people have that like, oh, what you do in the beginning of the year is what you're going to do all year. Oh, and the, the terror that I don't think that's accurate, but what if it is? And we're fucking just reading James Patterson and Mary Higgins Clark the whole year. I would probably end it all. I'd have to taste some bitches. Yeah. The book club. We'd be, we'd be broadcasting from, we'd be like Johnny Cash. We'd be podcasting from jail. Right. I don't think he had a podcast. Well, he fucking did a concert from the prison once, right? Yeah, that's true. That's that's true. That's kind of like the podcast. Podcast world. equivalent of the Folsom Prison concert or whatever. Nice. You actually got the name of the prison too. I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess to close this out, 
um, if there's nothing else, I want to wish um, you, Rob, a happy new year and, uh, and one to all of our listeners. May this new year bring you everything that you want as long as it doesn't interfere with the things we want. And, <laughs> right, especially getting more money from our Patreon so that we can right. do cool stuff. Oh, my God, there's some cool stuff that people have been approaching us about lately that I'm super excited about, but we need to be able to get there. So, Vague casting. <sighs> yeah, vague casting. I love vague casting. Love it. There's um, I'll, I'll te- we tease this again, and I have a renewed um interest. Um, we talked a little bit about it, but um, there, there's a publishing thing that we might do this year. I'm uh, hey, let's do this. If anybody has any really good information on how copyright works and and books like existing characters so think fan fiction if anybody has any legal ease and I, i'm probably asking for uh maybe from the bizarro community because i've seen similar things where characters have been co-opted into other stories and stuff um reach out because i have some questions so if anybody who feels like they have knowledge i have some and i have to vague these questions because this might be the best or the worst idea i've ever had it could be <laughs> 100 happy days or <laughs> pie chos. It could be pie chos. Yeah, we don't know where it falls on the on the spectrum of yep. ideas, but um, yeah, I like it. I, I support it. Yep, and that's all that matters. Vague casting. I'm just trying not to get sued. Yeah. So I don't want to. I don't want our patreons to be uh, paying off our lawsuits. Bail. <laughs> so, yeah. So any rate, um, yeah. So that's it. Happy New Year, guys. I, I think we're going to see some cool things um, this coming year. Some new things. Some failed things. I, I fully expect we're going to do things that don't pan out. Um, but that's the the fun of listening to this podcast is that uh, we we can take it all in stride. Goddamn right. So that is going to wrap it up for the entire year of 2015. So until next year, I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. Happy New Year. <laughs>